Just before we begin this episode on elements of theatre composition, we are trying a new format for these episodes, more conversational in tone. Uh, we hope you enjoy them. Feel free to give your feedback at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today another special episode of The Aside with our special guest Andrew Byrne as we continue to talk about the elements of theatre composition and today we're talking about variation. 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 Without any further ado, I bring to you Andrew Byrne on Variation. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me. So good to have you here. So good. So. So Variation. Yes. Now talk to me. The the VCAA, the VCE Theatre Studies, study design 2019 to 2023. Mm -hmm. Tell me, what? how do they define variation? Well, they define variation as involving changes to the dynamics of the interpretation as may be evident in the use of tension. Dun, dun, dun. Conflict. Why are you order? Intensity. Stella. Energy. Zap, zap, zap. What's up? And use of space. Space, 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 space. Okay, great. That's a long one. And there's a lot in that. Shall we break down maybe all of those words? Sure. Okay, so changes. <laughs> Variation is changes to dynamics. So what's a change? Well, it's something different. A shift. A shift, maybe small shift, but maybe a large shift. And I think a lot of you out there are probably already thinking, ah, oh, but variations, just the same as contrast. But contrast is, as we, as you may have heard in the podcast on contrast. Well, you're, you're listening to all of them. Or sure. you're going to listen to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's right. Um, so contrast is looking at that juxtaposition, that opposite effect. Um, Black and white. Yeah. But variation is shades of grey. Shades. How many? 50. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, it's all about the, the shades. Changes to the dynamics. Yeah. So it might be a subtle, it might be a subtle shift. Um, it could be a dramatic shift. Doesn't necessarily have to be a juxtaposition. Doesn't have to be the opposite. So you've got six schoolgirls all in schoolgirl outfits. They're all wearing the same uniform from the same school. Mm-hmm. They've all got the same red tie, but they're tied slightly differently. Well, they've all got red ribbons in their hair, but one's in plaits, one's got a bow, one's, one's got, got a bun, tail, one's got a bun. Exactly yep. right. So they're all the same, but the variation is small between them. Yep. Yeah. And those variations might then have different meanings. Well, why does that student have a ponytail? Why does that student have plaits? And it's intentional, once again. You've got to be intentional. And so that's changes to the dynamics of the interpretation. So again, if, if it's written in the script already that they have to look that way, mm-hmm. that's not a director's choice is no. it? or a costume designer's choice. They're just copying and pasting what they've seen on the page and putting it straight onto the stage. Yep. Although it's hard to avoid interpretation because as costume designer, you get to choose the ribbon the length of the ribbon. Yeah. It's not like a... If it says red, I mean, there's many shades of red as well. Exactly right. So it's almost impossible to... Uh, to uh, it's almost impossible to avoid interpreting in some way. Yeah. You have to make a choice. This thick ribbon, this thin ribbon. There's always choices you make. Mm-hmm. So, And we're talking about the changes to the dynamics of that interpretation. So even something as small as how thick is the ribbon in the schoolgirl's hair <laughs> might have greater significance if it's intentional. Yeah, it could be a difference in status or power amongst the girls. The girl with the, the thickest ribbon is is the head girl. Yeah, and that's probably the head you're going to go to first, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The thickest, most bold ribbon. 
I mean, this is very specific. Do you want more? <laughs> I love that we're going with this ribbon idea. Yeah, but, <laughs> Let's see where this ends up. Yeah, but it's it could it could be really important if you use it intentionally, and the quality of the ribbon mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and is, yeah. Have is you the decided, ribbon frayed? Yeah, have you put it through the wash a few, few too many times? Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can tell a fancy ribbon <laughs> from one of them dodgy ribbons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to go off ribbon now. We're going to go way back and get rid of all this ribbon stuff. Go on, Andrew. I'm going to go off ribbon I'm I'm not talking about ribbon anymore, okay? I've I've lost the ribbon train. Um, Well, let's think about actors um, and the variation in the use of energy. If we've got a a, a couple of actors on stage that are starting off a scene... um, (laughs) Schoolgirls. Schoolgirls yeah. with ribbons. Yes. Okay. Now there's a beef between these schoolgirls, yeah. but they at the beginning of the scene, um, it, it's quite amiable. It's quite friendly. The, the the conflict or the tension hasn't really started to rise yet. They're doing each other's hair. <laughs> for just for example. Right. So <laughs> there's a couple of schoolgirls doing each other's hair. It's quite friendly at this point, but as the tension rises, the energy of the girls rises. The en- the perhaps at the beginning of the scene, they're quite they're talking in um, just a casual conversational tone. Their body language is is restrained. It's muted. Um, but as the tension rises, so does their vocal qualities. So does their they change into a growling, um, aggressive tone. They're, they they start just, to clench their fists. They, and maybe just one of them. Because one of them has said something that's triggered another, and the rest haven't cottoned onto it yet. Then maybe that variation slowly spreads until that final person who's in front, having her ribbons done, she finally cottons onto what's been happening the whole time. And then she grabs the ribbon? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and then tugs at her hair. <laughs> yeah, right. A little bit like you. Have you done Into the Woods? Who are those two evil stepsisters in Into the Woods? They've got great names. I can't believe I've forgotten them. Oh. It's Lucinda and something. No. Fluinda. I don't know. No idea. We'll go with Lucinda and Fluinda. Yeah. <laughs> Lucinda and Florinda. Um, but yeah, I, even thinking about um, the play Which Way Home, produced by Elbidgery Theatre Company last year that was toured around Victoria, um, they varied the use of space within their performance, um, within, within their interpretation. So the, the premise of the play is it's a father and a daughter on a road trip, um, and during the road trip, they have they look back reflectively on memories of things that have happened in their past, and they used the center stage, upstage center, with the car, two chairs um, representing the car, and then they would vary the use of space throughout the performance to um, symbolize the different locations that they were having um, the memories of. So we knew that as soon as they were sitting on the two chairs. Upstage centre, they were in the car, they were in the present. As soon as they stepped away from there, there varying the spaces that they used on the stage, we knew that we were entering into a memory. Right, that's great. <laughs> a fantastic example of use of, of space and positioning and then a variety of spaces to show locations. Mm-hmm. Variation <laughs> is about subtle shifts across all the production areas, or even if they're subtle shifts or really extreme shifts. What we want to see is variation is changes and on purpose and for a reason. Well, yeah, I I was about to stop you there and say what we want to see. Well, no, we want to see them if that's a decision made for the interpretation. Again, probably a play without variation is going to be quite boring. Well, uh, I know one without variation. (gasps) At least one. Do tell. Well, 
at least purposely without variation, is uh, a play by Samuel Beckett, again, to bring up an absurdist playwright, uh, called Quad. Mm-hmm. There's Quad 1 and there's Quad 2. One's in colour and one's in black and white, a play for television. And There's variation in the music in Quad 1 and a variation in the colours of the costumes in Quad 1. Then you watch Quad 2, which is the same play, again, but in black and white, and mm-hmm. you lose you lose the variation in the music and you lose the variation in the costuming. So it's just four movement pieces that are identical happening at the same time. So the only variation that exists is when the performers enter the space. That's it. So I... But isn't that interesting that the two versions are a variation as oh, well? Absolutely. The variation is everywhere. That's why when we're analysing and looking for it, it's so hard for us to... It's so hard to avoid variation. Mm-hmm. But please use it on purpose. You don't want it just to happen by accident because then the audience is reading things that aren't there. Why have an audience looking at your interpretation and going, oh, I think that means that? When yeah, really, if, it, if it's happened by accident, I think that's probably a cause for concern. If, if, if you haven't deliberately made that decision for that variation to happen, then what is going on in your interpretation? For yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean to say that things don't happen by accident and then you keep them. Yeah, well, that's right. That's keeping what, things is a choice. That's the joy of the rehearsal period. Yeah, and go, oh, that's great. Keep yes. that. Awesome. <laughs> Wasn't my vision at all, wasn't it? But now, ooh, yeah. yeah. Let's get more of that, please. <laughs> yes. More of that subtle variation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Are there, are there examples of the, uh, in the world of theatre about clear variation, maybe even in performance and performing, where people are, you know, so the, the six schoolgirls are identical and then one or two things makes them different? I mean, the... The variation of the characters in Inside Out in the head of that young girl, <laughs> yeah, right? There. I mean, that's. I mean, although that's there's a visual, but variation. the the actors in that, the the voice actors were able to put a lot of variation into their use of voice to really um, embody those different personalities and different feelings. And that's quite extreme variation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, again, I'm, I I have talked about Hamlet Apocalypse in another. Mm-hmm. podcast but I'll, I'll do it again here because it is a play that I've seen recently and it really did stick in my mind I thought one interesting choice of um, prop use which was a variation was the use of the, the, the a wine bottle and now they did have wine I'm sure it wasn't really wine but they did have liquid in the bottle and it was used throughout the play at the start as you know their in, impending doom was coming it was used as sort of like a celebratory um, toasting and cheersing to like, oh, well, we're going to die, so here's, here's cheers. Then it sort of developed into um, the use of uh, uh, like being stressed in a situation, so I'm going to have a drink to help me cope with that situation. But then as chaos and the impending doom really became frantic and manic, the actors were taking swigs of wine and spitting at each other. So that one prop of the wine bottle and the wine itself had three different uses within the play, depending on the moment in the play and what the actors or what the characters were going through in that moment. So even even a prop, the, the application of a prop or the use of a prop can have variation. The same prop, varied uses. Yeah, right. And that's the variation of the intensity that the prop is being used, the energy that the prop is being mm-hmm. used with. The, the what seat. tension is going on in the play at that point? Yeah, how they're feeling and how that prop is helping to manifest and dramatically show mm-hmm. the uh, the tension, and possibly it's used to show the conflict with the spitting out of the wine at each other. That's enhancing the conflict, mm-hmm. although that's maybe that's pushing it. But there it is, wine bottle being used to sh- to show variation. Yep. 
Thank you for your time, Andrew Byrne. Thank you so much. This has been a real thrill. That is all from us at The Aside. There are other episodes on elements of theatre composition and we have some resources available including a PowerPoint with some clips and some questions you might like to ask your students about the elements of theatre composition, two posters and some more detailed explanations of the styles. Feel free to ask for those at asidepodcast.outlook.com. If you have any suggestions for a future episode or you would like to ask a question, do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast.outlook.com. Thank you very much to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Thank you very much to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening.